Hello, kids, and welcome to the Eager Beaver podcast interview series. When we have a guest on our show, we ask them if they would like to give us an extended interview so that we can have more to share with you after the show. In this, the first in our series, we interview Canadian champion curler Colin Hodgson. We hope you enjoy part two of our interview. Thankfully for you, you found something that helped you and made the right decisions for you at the right time. And like you said, nothing but positive after that. So good on you, brother. And a team that supported you. So good on the team too. Mm. Indeed. Oh yeah. That was my greatest fear. I was, I was sitting there. I was hyperventilating. I had my, I had my, um, what I call it, a hummingbird heart. Yep. Palpitations. My, my heart was just pounding and I'm like, what do I do here? Like, I'm going to let down my sponsors who have helped us through the pandemic. I'm going to let down my teammates who are looking for this opportunity because they're going to go there and play three handed and what, like good luck guys. Yeah. Well, I think one of the coolest parts about that was they went there and they were empowered. Like they owned it from day one. They nice. owned it and they went there and they played amazing. They like proved some points. Like who goes to a grand slam with like the 10 best teams in the world, three handed with a spare and makes the semifinal. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that doesn't like, happen. What just happened? Like, no, the reward for it. being cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, so it, I think the, I believe the big thing is like, it's so after, after not going and after, reaching out and talking about it super publicly like you know going on like that curling show and going on cbc and going you know and talking to tsn and sportsnet and all these people and they go on the broadcast and they talk about it's like wow wow what did we just do we just collectively normalized what so many people are going through that is not normal that i think the statistics aren't even remotely close nope just from my own personal experience of nope. how many people go through it because no one's okay with talking about it. That's <laughs> my phone is exploding with other people being like, man, like I feel that way too. Or I, um, I'm struggling in this other way. Or it's like, we don't all come from the same place and we don't all get there the same way. But I think we're kind of towing the line mm-hmm. of dealing with that, that different anxiety. Like it's a normal human emotion and it should be, celebrate it that people talk about it it should yeah. not look down agreed yeah. agreed uh, i'm gonna go a, a variation sort of on that theme um for those of us who are at home you know and you know we watch the briar and we watch the grand slams in the olympics and all of that and you know well you know we see the glamorous side but what's the suck what's the suck <laughs> you gotta get through in order to get there what's the part we don't know okay the part we don't know um so part of my story was I was playing in Alberta, you know, I went to like the Canadian juniors as a skip. And then two weeks later, I got asked to go to the grand slams as a spare for an older team, kind of the way to get into like the higher echelon and slightly changing now. But at that time, like you're young, you need to get on an older team who's established mm-hmm. with veteran players who can teach you, guide you. And then eventually the role changes, they retire, you move in, young guys come in. That's your formula. Um, so yeah, like we do that, but then I don't have any money. So, and I was too proud to ask my family for it. They help me all the time. Like, I don't want to say that like we were poor or anything. Mm. Like my, 
my parents worked incredibly hard. My brother and sister and family, they all worked hard. So that's kind of the reason why I didn't want to ask. I'm like, well, they worked hard. I'm going to work hard. So mm-hmm. I like would go work. I worked at Sport Check as a visual merchant. I was a colorblind visual merchandiser for Sport Check. <laughs> um, I didn't tell anyone that, but they like my work. So apparently they like contrasting. Cool. Um, <laughs> I'd even like take pictures for like their uh, books that would go up to all the stores. Be like, here, set up this table, take a picture of it, send it to like 80 stores. Oh, nice. <laughs> It's funny. Uh, they didn't know it was colorblind. But anyways, <laughs> work at like sport check from like, I'd work at like 6 a.m. to like 2.30 p.m. I'd hop, uh, you know, hop into rush hour traffic in Calgary, head to the Calgary Curling Club. I'd cook from 4 o'clock till close, which would be like 11 o'clock at night. Oh, Go home, wake up, do it again, you know, five to seven days a week or every single day I wasn't curling. Mm-hmm. Then I'd, you know, hop in the vehicle after work, drive to Saskatoon, play against Kevin Martin kick my ass um and then like you know you gotta take your lump so like i i had to make i know many times i had to make choices between can i afford healthy food like i'd be like no i can't mm-hmm. afford craft dinner this week so i'd have kd and i would mix it with like water or if i had sometimes i mix it with cream which i actually love making katie with cream now because i did that i do it with mayo because i like cream in my coffee yeah yep. katie with cream is the bomb oh yeah <laughs> so like yeah that's kind of stuff like i don't know sometimes like if you're young and trying to make it it's not a sport where you make money and and you don't get like the sponsorship deals generally speaking until you get really good mm-hmm. so like what are you going to do in that middle ground i don't yeah. know it's like it's like playing in the minor leagues in baseball yes. those guys make like five to seven hundred bucks a month yeah and they like bill it or whatever like how do you live off that they, so they that's don't. the non-glamorous thing um and like yeah trying to figure out team dynamics is a difficult one how do you how do you figure out how to operate on a high level as a team and especially now is more important than ever because everybody's so good there's not yeah there's not four teams that are going to dominate and everybody else is like going to fight for the scraps mm-hmm. like no Everybody fights for scraps every single event you go to. Yeah. It's it's never a given who's going to win. There's no true 100% favorite anymore, right? That's the beauty yeah. of the sport. That's what I love about it. It's, it's like it's, it's anybody more can any win. given Sunday than even football. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, now, without getting in uh, wanting to like, have any heat in this uh it seems that the players because of the bubble experience whatnot want to seem to organize and this is happening in a lot of sports it's happening in tennis as well there's like a talk of a new players association or a players union of some kind uh can you talk a little bit on like how that sort of came about and what the need for that uh would be yeah like i think i think along with a lot of other sports we go through peaks and valleys of how much um influence players need in the sports at the time so what like what what, what's can't like what's happened was in the past there's lots of guys who put together a players union essentially and they went they fought the good fight they um sacrificed some financial benefit some you know media attention even negative like people didn't necessarily you had to pick sides back then like guys like carrie burtnick or um ed weirnick or kevin martin or jeff stoughton or um on the flip side of it some of the other guys who um 
didn't boycott and how their histories and legacies were, I don't want to say tainted because that's not fair. Um, but some people look at them differently in those mm-hmm. eras. Like, well, why didn't you step up? Well, there's so many, there's so many reasons for everyone individually. What are you like? Why would you stand up if you're going to lose all this? Mm-hmm. Is the benefit of the sport going to improve or do we need to hold fast and try to just hold on? These are reasonable questions. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, previously we had a essentially like a fair, like quite a strong conglomerate of players who got together and communicated, formed a players union um, and kind of fought the good fight for the future. And, and, and personally, I've benefited from that, from their hard work, being nice. able to have our own logos on our uniforms, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and pushing for that or having different sponsors or even getting paid to play in the briar like that mm-hmm. didn't always happen. Like, where's the money going, right? Like, these are reasonable questions about, like, equality, what's going on. Are the women getting paid the same as the men? Are the sponsorship deals actually being allocated properly? Are certain sponsors paying the same as other sponsors? Are, you know, all these things that we should know about that we don't. Or, Mm -hmm. but, you know, who is complicit in that, however, is the athletes. The athletes absolutely are 100% complicit if they don't ask the questions and be involved. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the most important thing is like, we need to get involved. We need to understand what's going on. Um, players need to work together. We need to form a union, but I think a formalized union is difficult mm-hmm. because it's very political. So mm-hmm. who's going to get the say, is it going to be all Canadian players? Is it going to be canadians it's going to be north american players. Mm-hmm. it's going to be europeans are we going to have offices in different parts of the world like how are we going to really form this thing who's going to run it mm-hmm. like, what are the conflicts of interest um is it a current player is it a past player is it someone who has nothing to do with the sport whatsoever who has experience in these areas maybe someone who worked in tennis mm-hmm. who helped build players unions in, in different sports and golf and tennis or whatever well, yes, in, in so tennis, that's kind of men and women at, like, are paid the same now right in 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 the u.s open it's the same prize money for tennis yeah yes right? yeah for tennis yeah absolutely and and in curling we have the same prize money in the scotties mm-hmm. and briar yeah exactly. um however where does that money come from mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Well, where where does that money come from that pays for that yeah mm-hmm legitimate questions is it coming from sponsors is it coming from the sales at the event is it ticket sales is it um the patch or the hard stop lounge sales is it the, at the grand slams is it the um you know the pinty's lounge behind the sheets mm-hmm. their sales there is it coming from the sponsors at the grand slams or the rights or, or television rights. television rights yeah. <laughs> exactly there there's so there's so many questions like i don't know the answers to and i'm a player who's pretty involved. Mm-hmm. So we got to work on this. Well, and you, know, you know who we should it, talk to? Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. It's just an idea. Just, no, it's good. We should talk to, uh, and, and merely a suggestion, Doug. Uh, 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 I'm stumbling. Colin. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Devin, Devin Huru from yeah, CBC. He, He's the absolutely. curling guy. I follow him on Twitter, and that guy is the most passionate reporter I've ever mm. seen about curling. Mm-hmm. I mean, he loves the sport through and through. He knows more about it than I think any uh, sports writer or or commentator I've ever seen. And the man is passionate. So there's a guy we should be talking to, right? 
Absolutely. I think as we as we're filming this, he's live. He called me. <laughs> How cool he's, is that? He's live on his show. Hi, David. <laughs> we like what you do. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, of course we need like we'd be lost without media in oh, every yeah. aspect of our society. Like we need media, period, because they're the ones who have to, you know, ask the hard questions that need to be answered. And that, that's what we have to do. We have to do that as players. We have to, you know, join together and figure out what's going on and where. Like, I think there was a there's an issue that, you know, I got my hand slapped pretty good for. But um, I pushed the issue of mixed doubles points publicly on social media being awarded at the national championship when there's not equal opportunity to get in the national championship. Like mm-hmm. we're focusing on criteria that's created after all the teams enter the event. Well, you can't create criteria after you know who's in the event. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't do that. If you're going to put like, there was two Olympic bursts on the line, two teams got Olympic bursts okay. and then we didn't have an Chelsea and I didn't have an opportunity to do that because I took one year off because I bruised my bones in my foot for mixed mm. doubles. I bruised like, and the reason I bruised bones and mixed doubles in my foot was I was trying to qualify for these events because we would, we'd play like, we play work only to event and there'd be a mixed doubles bonds field in between. And then we play like a grand slam and there'd be a mixed doubles event after. Yeah. So like one game I played like 200 games of curling. Oh man. In, in seven months. Sheesh. So it's like, that's major league baseball type stuff. Yeah. Those guys get up and, and that's just, I don't know that it's, just, it doesn't need to be, um, we don't need a full players union. We don't need these things. We just need to be involved in the conversations. We need to call, we need to talk to each other as athletes. We need to figure out what's going to be the benefit for that next generation after us. Are we just going to hold on to this and, and then it's going to fizzle out and we're not giving them anything or can we, you know, gift wrap and tie a bow on something that's going to be helpful for the next 30 years of our sport. And I think that's what we need to focus on. And that's why we need to organize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right, kids, it's time to pay a few bills, but we'll be back with Colin, right? Absolutely. Right after the break. Hello, kids. It's Mr. Grizzly, your friendly neighborhood grizzly bear, who's asking you how much you like this program. And I'm asking you if, well, you like this show, you like what you hear, and we're happy to do this for you, if you'd be willing to, you know, throw us a couple of bucks as a tip. And the reason we do this, with the reason we ask this question is because there are some production costs involved. We're happy to give this to you, but, you know, feel free to send us a couple of dollars over uh, coffee.com. And now the website is ko dash fi.com backslash eager beaver dollar two dollars fifty cents whatever whatever you can spare it helps us with our production costs mr beaver that's right mr grizzly the amount that we have recommended on the coffee site is three dollars but it can indeed be anything that you want uh buy mr grizzly a cup of coffee or me a cup of hot chocolate because after all you are what you drink We want you to know that we will be using these tips in part to invest in improving the quality of the show for you. We are looking to get better equipment, better sound, perhaps at a later date, correspondence, a web presence, maybe even filming for YouTube. 
The possibilities are endless. The show will grow with your support and encouragement, and your support and encouragement is always profoundly appreciated. If you would like to leave us a tip, again, the web address is coffee.com backslash eager beaver. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com backslash eager beaver. Thank you again. And now for more of our interview with Colin Hodgson. For the like we gotta change our sport, man. Like we are we are white. Mm-hmm. We are such a such a like we are not a multicultural sport. You're right. Yeah. You are absolutely right. That can change. I need we need new Canadians. Yep. I think we I need every single we need every person who wants to go on the ice and play our sport to have access and feel comfortable doing it. Like yeah. My favorite thing in the world, man, is the the um, the Royals curling in Toronto. Oh my gosh, the closing banquet is just the best. And for those of you who don't know, like at Royals, it's um, gay curling league is just off the charts, amazing. Um, in Calgary, there's an amazing Pride Bonds deal. There's a gay nationals. There's in Winnipeg on Sundays. There's um, you know, there's a gay league that has like a wait list and it's like nine yep. sheets, two draws, totally full, 18, 18 teams, 36 teams in the, in the event, in the league. Yep. Like that's the most fun curling ever. <laughs> that's how I got back into it. Hell I, curl- yeah, I, I, I curled, I curled four years in high school. We started, we were the, 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 the I went to a French high school, but the French equal equivalent of reach for the top. We were the team and we were decent, but not great. We never get to the championships. So, you know, we'd get eliminated sometime around end of October and we wanted to hang around and one of the girls played curling. And so we all, you know, it's angles, geometry. We were smart people. So <laughs> we figured it was the one sport nerds could play. <laughs> and, and, and we were right. We were pretty good. And I, you know, graduated high school and didn't play for a while as a lot of people do when they get to university and they don't have the money. And uh, afterwards, uh, like got about 10 years ago, uh, the Gay League back home in Ottawa, where I lived at the time, gave me a call and said, you used to play curling, didn't you? I said, yeah, we're expanding. We need like a few more skips. Would you come? And I've played for the last like 12 years now since. So it's awesome. And you're right. It's like we had three sheets uh, on Sundays uh, and we're, we play at the Ottawa where uh, Rachel plays, the, her home club. Uh, and they were uh, in financial difficulty until we came along. And uh, by having that regular one, and it just keeps expanding and expanding, you know, uh, we're there. And, uh, you know, once every round we, uh, because of the, you know, the long weekend, we have to play a Saturday and a Sunday. So then on the Saturday night, you know, we have a Euchre night and a Ramoli night. And, well, you know, <laughs> we are known to party. So we keep the bar very happy. <laughs> you know, no, it, it, really? It, it's made a lot of difference for clubs. Yeah. Yeah, your your story is so much cooler than my story. Like, <laughs> man, I got how you got into curling. That is wicked cool. Like, I I was four. I didn't have a choice. I went and curled. Like, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad I did. But you chose to do that. Like, oh yeah, people that option. Hey, listen, you know, it was like geometry major in the country. Let's go. <laughs> it's like well, yeah. most every sport I tried. You know, it was like I I would get somewhat good very quickly, and then I'd plateau, and then it would like just stop. Yes, but like curling was the only sport I ever won a most improved award. <laughs> like I, after the second year, I kept getting better. I didn't stop. <laughs> yeah, sadly, that was not my case. Which was case. a nice change. 
<laughs> I, I, I was uh, Darts, that's what's next for you. <laughs> I was a goaltender and a skier, and uh, the two things I still pursue. I'm, I'm skiing is my thing. That's I would ski every day of my life if I could. Unfortunately, with COVID, I didn't get to go at all this year, which really sucked. Because I bought a new pair of boards and new boots last year, and I haven't used them yet. <laughs> like, are you left-handed, Paul, or right-handed? I'm right-handed. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was trying to peg you into one specific oh. one slot there. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing: I I I bat right, I shoot left, and I golf right. Yeah. I play hockey. I, I'll play I can defense. tell by speaking to you, you're using different brain brain parts, oh, which yeah. is like wonderful. <laughs> I, I really enjoy that. Well, I, I love. I love. I get my energy body. from other people, right? So uh, it was a friend of mine pointed that out to me years ago, and I went, "Holy crap, you're right!" Like if in, during the the shutdowns, like the last one, or I don't know, it, there's what two more till Christmas, I think. Anyway, one of the <laughs> shutdowns. <laughs> one of the shutdowns. I spent. I, I finished work um, early Friday. I had a meeting, and then. Two o'clock. Normally, I'd go to the pub, but the pub was closed. So it's like I came home and I sat on the couch, and I didn't leave the house till I had to go back to work on Monday. And I was depressed because I didn't talk to another human being for two whole days. And if like this is energizing me, I, I think you can see that, right? <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 literally stuck in the house for two days destroyed me. And it's, I'm an extrovert. Yep. And as an extrovert, being stuck in the house all the time, it really, it makes it difficult. Thank goodness for Zoloft, because I probably wouldn't be here right now without it. And that's the honest to goodness truth. That's no word of a lie. You know, even my mother said that to me. She says, you probably wouldn't have made it without the drugs. Without the medication, you probably wouldn't have made it. So the stuff works. You just got to find what's right for you. And maybe you don't need it. You know, everybody's different. Not everybody yep. needs medication. Some people can work their way through it with exercise and this, but I'd had been doing that for 40 years and I'd exhausted all those avenues. I've had this since 1980. I can actually pinpoint the moment when it, the crack, like I know the moment in, in my life and I've talked about it before. I'm not going to do that now, but, but, uh, it was the medication that made all the difference in the world for me. Thank goodness for it because weekends in lockdown, man. Mm. they're tough it sure would have been nice if uh in the 80s it would have been cool for you to get to this point then imagine yes. what could have happened well and i think that's where we're at for some right. people like we're at that moment for some people who are 40 years younger than you yes yeah and oh no you're right you're absolutely right tremendous it's and such I'm, an opportunity i'm not i'm not bitter about any of it it's like it, all of that got me to here so I have days ahead of me, and I'm going to live them to my fullest. I'm just hoping I can help somebody at any age, at any age, mind you, not have to suffer like I did for so long. Hmm. Paul, have you seen Soul yet? So, Soul? Yeah, the movie Soul. Is that the animated one? Yeah. No, but it's on the Netflix, isn't it? Uh, Disney Plus. You need to I, see it. I have the I have What the you Disney. just said? What you just said, you need to see that movie. I'll check it out tonight then. <laughs> That's all I will say. I will not give anything else, but you need to see that movie. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to watch it tonight too. Okay. <laughs> I'll give it a go. I'll give it a go. <laughs> um, okay, Colin, uh, I see on your, you're wearing a, a hoodie and it says Dynasty on it. Yeah. Uh, you care to talk about that and uh, 
Yeah, if uh, how were you impacted? Uh, was the business impacted at all uh, with COVID? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're looking. Uh, my business partner, we're looking at it like, oh good, we're ninety percent down. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> After like six months, we're like, uh, we got to do something here. So, you know, we we've made some pretty. We've been doing some fun things. Like we've been working on. We've been making masks. We've, we've been making like polypropylene three-layer masks that are, um, yeah, like that's what Health Canada was, or yeah, that's what Health Canada was saying. You know, this is the type of mask they're as close as essentially they're like N, um, N95s, and we're just trying to, I don't know, roll with the punches, create some new things. But at the same time, it's been really fun for us to reach out to people who are kind of like a fan of what we do. Like we've got a huge huge following in the united states and a, and a huge one in japan too um really there's just like yeah japanese curling is amazing japanese if you want a really yeah. fun twitter a twitter look go look up hashtag curling art and we played in a in an event in um, karuzawa and that's uh, essentially that's where the olympics were in nagano and mm -hmm. Just an amazing, amazing, beautiful place. Um, you know, it's pretty much in the mountains. There's skiing nearby. Beautiful curling facility. And my goodness, the Japanese curling fans are so cool, so awesome. Um, one of the funnest things was we were warming up for a game, and Reed Reed was out there, and he noticed that like we'd be doing stuff, and then the people up in the in the stands would be doing it too. So he's like, "Hey." Like, I wonder if I clap, if they'll clap. And he's like, clap. And <laughs> all of a sudden, there was like 300 people that went, clap. He's like, oh, man. So he starts doing like jumping, clapping, um, warm-up moves. And everybody in the stands is jumping and clapping. We're like, oh, wow, we're onto something here. So we just totally embraced it. And I was all over like retweeting and like translating as much Japanese Twitter as I could. And like, we've got a big following there. Like I still get people who send us photos. Oh, That's nice. cool. That's very yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. It's wicked. So anyways, um, yeah. U S I, I can't even remember where I was going with that. U S Japan. I just got excited. Here, let me, let me give some fun advice. If there's any advice I can give to anyone who's listening to this is go travel anywhere. Agreed. doesn't matter where. Agreed. Travel somewhere. Learn, learn those fun cultural things. Like that is, that just breathes life into me and, and, and my fiance were, you know, Brit is extremely well-traveled. She taught in Korea, mm -hmm. um, you know, huge history buff, like just, love the concept of understanding a different perspective and then it makes us makes everything in life easier it's easier to get along with someone else if you can figure out where they're coming from i couldn't mm -hmm. agree with you more sir i could not agree with you more i've done a fair bit of traveling myself and um <gasps> everywhere i go in this world uh I, i'm very proudly you know where the where the maple leaf because uh, you know everybody automatically assumes i'm american <laughs> Immediately, they're like, oh, oh, yeah, heading... You, you just know. saw the kitty. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> heading, heading back to the States, are you, mate? I'm like, no, I'm from Canada. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's, it's okay. <laughs> I, you were gonna, I knew that was going to happen, so I'm not offended by it. I knew it was going to happen. But it, it, it's funny how their attitude changed towards me. And, and I have noticed that when I travel, and I'm sure you're the same way, you're extra Canadian. You're extra polite. You're extra courteous. You're extra, I'm sorry, here after you, because you are representing the country when you travel. 
Yep. And it's important that we maintain that level of uh, respectability and niceness that we're known for. Because you know what? I think it's I think it's great that we're known for that because it opens mm-hmm. doors when you travel. And uh, so a year ago, I went to visit my friend in New Delhi, India, which was an amazing experience. And I want to go back and see her, but uh, right now it's not, not a good time. Uh, but coming home to Canada and it's like, I am so lucky to be mm. born and live in this country. Like I am so lucky. I mean, the privilege that comes out of me is ridiculous. I mean, you can see what I look like. You get it, right? I'm a white man. I'm privileged. I, just by that nature. I'm a cis, het, white, uh, 52-year-old. I'm six foot tall. I weigh 190 pounds, and I got a six-pack. That is privilege. It is. It really, truly is. And I live in Canada. I have every opportunity presented to me here. And when you travel the world, you come home and you realize how lucky we are to live in this country yeah sorry that was my patriotic moment but you know what i'm saying <laughs> i totally agree but I, I, have a, I have a question all right we have to stop right now for a few commercials but colin will you stay with us absolutely looking forward to it all right find out what colin's question is after the break hey there mr grizzly hey how you doing I'm doing really good. Hey, have you heard about the Miss V Mysteries yet? No, I don't believe I have. Oh, well, then you really need to. The Miss V Mysteries is an LGBTQ plus cozy mystery series written by Delilah Knight. Miss V is 60, trans, and obsessed with all things 50s. From her kitten heels to her chic bob, Miss V is a lady through and through. When her late aunt's lawyer is found murdered and clutching V's favorite Chanel jacket, she is immediately arrested. Can she find the real killer before local law puts her away for good? Will she be forced to trade 50s rock and roll for jailhouse blues? Do prisons even have a happy hour? I don't know about that. Oh, I sure hope they do. Oh, goodness, yes. Must be happy at least one hour a day in there. (laughs) Miss V and the Lettuce Lawyer is the first book in a humorous, cozy mystery series from Bi Ace author Delilah Knight. On sale now wherever ebooks are sold, paperback copies are also available. Or call your local library and ask them to get it in. Signed copies available at www.corvidmoonpublishing.com. That's www.corvidmoonpublishing.com. The Miss V Mysteries by Delilah Knight. Get it. And now, for more of our interview with Colin Hodgson. That is, like, I agree. That's what I do. When I go abroad, I do go extra Canadian. I yeah, do go extra flight. And I want to be played all the time. But, like, kind of when I'm back home with um, with people in, in my community, it's like, okay, well, you know, I can, I don't have to try that hard sometimes. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. Um. But I'm wondering, why is that? That is a very philosophically strange thing to do, I think. Like, <laughs> yeah, I absolutely agreed. change my existence when I go abroad to try to be kind and nice. And, and, and I also wonder when I think about that is like, okay, well, when some of our other friends come over and come and play in all these Canadian curling events, 
Um, you know, we've got Scottish friends, German friends, Chinese friends, Japanese friends, Korean, Brazilian, like Spain. Think of all the people we've met. Mm -hmm. I think very highly of all of them. I don't know. I don't really have a bad taste in my mouth from any situations mm -hmm. in the past. So why do we do that as as people? Like, it might why are we on our best behavior? Thing. I think it's I think it's it a might, natural thing. Yes, uh, if, I, I mean, if you love where you're from and you're going somewhere else, I mean, you know, the hospitality thing. You know, it's like people like to be received, but they like to host also. They like mm -hmm. to receive, so you know, it's like you put it on your best face. Yeah. So if you come see our country, do you feel well, guilty though? Pardon? Like, do you feel guilty though? No, if you're not, not at all. No, like no, if you're I, not I, super I, kind, I, like I totally can you go be a jerk? Oh no, no, that's not possible. No. That's not possible. I totally that's... embrace the ambassador. No, no that's not possible. No, no, <laughs> it's impossible to do that. It's not within my nature. I, I simply cannot do that. And no. also, I would have my mother in the back of my head going, "What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> that's not how you behave. I taught you better than that." Yeah. My father would be like, "Settle down." <laughs> I'm like you, Paul. Like I'm guilt. I'm. I feel guilty if I'm not. Maybe I should be more, more rude. I don't know. No. No. Irish Catholic guilt, <laughs> sir. It's a good thing. It kept me in line my whole life. <laughs> Belfast is one of the best places I've ever been. What I've not been to Belfast. Amazing. Slain in Dublin, though. That... I love Ireland. I loved Ireland. I, I got felt very like sick I was home. In Ireland. Oh, really? In Dublin. Yeah. Um. You know what? The interesting timing of this one is. I think it. I don't think it could be COVID, but it, it, it's within the realm of possibility. Mm -hmm. So this is three three months before the Briar. Um, we were in Ireland. Went to Ireland uh, for New Year's Eve. Well, spent New Year's Eve in a hotel room. Uh, I think probably lost about seven pounds in two days. Oh, God. Um, I think we had nor. I think I, I think we had normal. I've, I've had that before. That's terrible. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't because at the time we didn't hadn't really heard of COVID because this mm -hmm. was three months before like the Briar even happened, which was our last curling event. So, anyways, I'm not entirely certain the antibodies wouldn't be there anymore, right. so we can't or don't really have any way of telling. Um, but we were we were pretty close to uh, you know Britt was pretty close to taking me to the hospital. That's in Ireland. Oh wow! So yeah, a little scary, <laughs> but made it. We're alive. <laughs> well, I felt um, so um, much at home in Ireland. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, just, I felt so much at home in Ireland. And and every time I'd go to a pub and I, yeah, I'll have a point of Guinness, point of the black stuff there. And they go, oh, yeah. uh, where, where are you from? I'm like, well, I'm from Canada. Well, what's with the accent? I lived in Newfoundland for a long time. And I feel so much at home here because Ireland and Newfoundland have so many geographic similarities and cultural mm. similarities. I mean, culturally speaking, it's hard to tell one apart from the other. The accent's a little <laughs> bit different, but not a lot. It, it's there's so many right. similarities, you know. And I'm sure you've been from George Street. Uh, oh, George my. Street certainly does have a lot of Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> yes, bye. <laughs> yes, bye. Um, we're almost at the end of the interview, Colin, but we wanted to do a little rapid fire session with you if you were ready. Hopefully. All right. What's your I want to impress you dish? Ooh, I'm very good at chicken. Um, I'm very good at cooking chicken, but I would think if I really wanted to go all out, I would do a raspberry linguine with a sage cream sauce. I want. And probably like a, yeah, I definitely yeah. go with like Creole chicken for that. Oh. 
Okay. What's your quick and dirty? I can make this in my sleep dish. Also chicken, but <laughs> um, breakfast. Breakfast. Ah, breakfast. Have, yeah, a nice what? breakfast hash. I think is it's so comforting. Mm. So much umami. Like yeah. egg yolk is just egg yolk is heaven on anything. <laughs> <laughs> we are simpatico or curling. Golf. Well, okay, ah. context. I need some context here. <laughs> right, right, right. I, you know, it, it, I don't know. It's a hard, hard choice because curling is something to do all the time. That's my job. Mm-hmm. So, like, is it the fun kind of curling or is it the stressful kind of curling? Right. Um, and golf is rarely stressful for you, correct? No, I love golf. No, it's rarely <laughs> what I, I mean. It's rarely stressful. Golf is like oh, rarely. Really, yes, sorry, yeah. I think you said really. Oh, stressful. sorry, sorry. No, no, it's it's like a relaxing thing for you to do. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the competitive nature right there. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I've ne- I have not been able to do things I'm not good at. Like I put a thousand percent effort into something I'm interested in. I understand. But if I'm that. not, I can't can't hold on uh, if, mm. if i'm not i can't even be bothered no no interest whatsoever i think i i've i've been in a provincial final or won a prov- provincial final or a canadian final in like five sports holy crap oh. <laughs> yeah because okay. but the, the thing is like i'm really bad at basketball so i don't try it i'm really bad <laughs> at i don't know soccer is one that i wasn't very good at really so i don't basketball do and soccer are my worst too <laughs> See, I started Curling. playing soccer when I was four when I lived in Cold Lake, Alberta. Soccer was Cold a Lake. huge... Yeah, military Military kid. base. Yeah, yeah, military yeah. kid, so... Yeah. yeah. That's where I learned to play soccer when I moved to Ontario in 1976, 75? Yeah, 75. Um, there was no soccer leagues, like none, and I was really upset because in the summer I wanted to play soccer. Uh, there was baseball and softball, but I... And we played that pickup, but it wasn't the same. Like, I, I love playing soccer because it was similar to hockey, but it was outside. Mm-hmm. Your happy place? Home. <laughs> my, home with my cats, um, with my fiance, with Brittany. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, here. Uh, I know people won't be able to see this, but this is why... There's a couple reasons why this is my spot. So... I've got my first Briar mm-hmm. Purple Hearts on the wall. Okay. And then this is, I've got a 1987 um, Edmonton Briar Corn Broom. And, and so this would have been one of the very last events my uncle, who he passed away before I was born, but he was kind of the big curling family. Mm-hmm. So this broom has a lot of significance to our family and some friends of ours. They had it for like, well, since 87, they've had it like cellophane wrapped and they gave it for me uh, to me for my birthday a couple of years ago. And so when I went and got it framed, um, Coral Manitoba uh, helped me out. They said, hey, we've got a person who frames um, the Purple Hearts and the crests. So they said, oh, I said, OK. And I gave them the broom. They got it done. And all of a sudden it comes back. Well, it's got the original Briar pins from 1987. So they went Ooh. into their archives, they pulled them out, and they said, like, we wanted to give this to you. Like, what a gift. Nice. Um, and then on top of that, um, I told my dad that story that I shared with you guys earlier mm-hmm. um, about in January and what mm-hmm. he did. And 
him and I, a really fond memory I had with my dad was we would go to the, uh, we'd go to home theater, like audio vision places. And we'd buy like, like we'd like take our, uh, was it Pink Floyd run like hell. That was our song. Mm-hmm. And we had it on a CD and we'd go in and we'd say, we like, we're looking for a beautiful home theater system. He's a master electrician. So he built a room that you can blow a train horn in <laughs> and you shouldn't be able to hear outside of it. So well, it's like serious. doubles, doubles aluminum studs with like a sound barrier, sound, soundproofing, um, insulation, mm-hmm. soundproof drywall, gyp rock, like double thick on each layer. Like this room is nuts. And for me, I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. So we spent lots of time building this thing kind of together. He involved me, which made me feel great as a kid. Um, and when I was at the Briar in Calgary, he he's like, hey, I have a, I got a gift for you. Um, I want to see if you, I don't know, like, are you okay with this? And what he did was he sent me, he bought the same sound system for me Holy that crap. we built together. So I have this at home and I get to play my NF music as loud as I want. And there's 13 10 inch subs <laughs> in this room. Oh my Ooh. God. Yes. Like Dude, these things I'm are an nuts. audio guy. So, That's awesome. <laughs> oh yeah. These, yeah. Good. These things are nuts. So yeah, so I got 5.1 audio and it's the same man. I got the, he actually gave me the same remote because he upgraded his and he mm-hmm. gave me his old remote. I'm like, this is like the coolest stuff for me. I used to crush Marilyn Manson and play um, Top Shots Golf 2 on PlayStation <laughs> 3 in that room. I was like, just such a nerd. The beautiful like, people, the beautiful people. <laughs> Absolutely. I crushed Manson. I love Manson. That's the first concert I took Britney to is Marilyn Manson with yeah. Rob Zombie. And yeah, I saw him. Man, I saw that last couple years ago there. Was yeah, it two it was years awesome. ago? Yeah, that was a big yeah. He, well, when Britney's when I... first professional sports game, she flew to Ottawa to watch us in the Olympic trials. That was her first professional sports game. Oh wow! Her second professional sports game was a Briar in Saskatchewan, in Regina, and her first concert was Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie because we <laughs> live so remote. You have yeah. to drive at least five and a half hours to get to any venue that any major artist would be at. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's, dope. it's a plan. You have to, you have to trek, right? <laughs> yeah. So being home, like being here, we've got the bush so close. We go camping, we go fishing. We've got the golf course, we've got the curling club. Um, I'm just kind of in a little, in a little haven here in, in, in Bombertown, Ontario, or Red Lake. Well, I, I just wonder how, how the folks in Saskatchewan coped last summer with no, no football. I mean, I, I have red black season tickets. I I had a Rough Rider season tickets. I had rent, I had season tickets for Ottawa football for like basically my whole life. Okay, mm-hmm. and in Saskatchewan, we know it's the whole province shut down. Everybody goes to see the game. People drive for eight hours. So it's like, what was it like last summer? It must have been. Hor- I mean, it sucked for us, but I had the pub that was open, so that was there was that, and I could sit with my bubble. But I couldn't see the group that I see at the football games, and I missed it so much. So what's it like for somebody in, in a remote part of Manitoba or Saskatchewan who made the effort, 
you know, to drive to see a Blue Bombers game or, or a Rough Riders game. It's like, it had to be tough on people, man. And, and these are the stories I think that should be told. Let's, let's find out from people. How, how are you? How are you doing? You know, it, it, all That's these my things. favorite question. Right? How are you doing? Mm. Oh, but something good always comes from that. Like, I think if we all ask that yes. every day, instead of, instead of saying, oh, hey, how are you? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm fine. It's like, no. No. No, that's not true. We know that. <laughs> we know that. And, yeah. and if somebody is <laughs> always fine, they're not. They're not. <laughs> what, what, what was fine? Yeah. It's fine as a... <laughs> well, I learned that one the hard way. What was it? Steven Tyler from Aerosmith years ago said "find" is a is a uh, an acronym. It means effed up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. I right? like it. <laughs> so when I say I'm fine, people go, "You okay?" No, I'm fine. Oh, <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, <laughs> so I know we've not um, talked about sports nearly as much as we should have. Question but... way off the rail. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We lost the quick fire. <laughs> it's our banter, That's right? Okay, because we got good stuff. It's good stuff. Let's get right it's back on stuff. it. What? Do you have another one? Uh, okay, two more. Uh, most embarrassing curling moment. Ooh, I have definitely split my pants and had, <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's get real, real here. I, I split my pants and I had like my junk had like come out of the hole <laughs> in the bottom of the pants. and then someone took a picture of it and I'm like, oh, no. uh, yeah, I, I know it's not, not great, but you didn't have to send the picture. Proof. Oh, <laughs> Was no. it you had your Lenny Kravitz on stage moment, eh? Oh, oh, I don't even oh, know about that one, but I'll figure yes. it out, and I'll, yeah. I'll definitely feel I'll feel for Lenny. <laughs> that happened to him. Uh, cookies or ice cream? Ice cream, no doubt about it. Okay, and I lied. One more musical artist you don't want anyone to know you like. Don't want. Um, I don't Guilty know pleasure. if I have one. I don't want. Yeah, I'm going to give you lots of guilty pleasures here. Like, <laughs> Jade Biebs, I love Justin Bieber. That new song, Peaches, is like, it. that's hitting my playlist up full. He's full not player. my particular brand of vodka, but the kid has got talent and he can sing. And I have full so respect, good. full marks. I love his tats, too, man. Like, I love <laughs> That guy's got some serious ink. Um, and I'm happy he got his not... stuff together. I lo- Yeah, absolutely. I love Sinatra. Sinatra's mm. a good one. Sammy Davis Jr., Louis Armstrong. Um, uh, recently, we've been crushing a lot of Chopin. Oh, um, nice. So we've had Chopin. Like Beethoven is hit and miss with me. I do like classical. Mozart is like mm-hmm. Lacrimosa is the best piece of music I've ever heard. And like, it's never going to change. Lacrimosa is just perfect. Cool. Um. Mm. It's good on these speakers, that's for sure. Well, I don't know if I have good taste, but I have a lot of different ones. Like, I'm not super into country, but, you know, there's some country I definitely hit up. Rap, like, man, going, like, a lot of Biggie, Tupac, Mm -hmm. growing up. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to really, like, gravitate towards Tupac and what could have been. used to read Word Up magazine. I was listening to it earlier. (laughs) Honest to goodness, I was listening to it before we started this. I'm no word of a lie. I, I love uh, Biggie. We'll be texting playlist over. <laughs> I have a music podcast. It. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good, actually. 
Good. Well, I'm in. All right. Cool. All right. We keep going well, off the rails here, but that's mostly my fault because I'm this rambling fool. So ah, I will hand too. this back over to Mr. Beaver, and I will sit back and let you f- fellas chat it up. <laughs> um, well, uh, Colin, you've been extremely generous with your time. I hope uh, our listeners will uh, enjoy hearing all your stories. Uh, and, uh, of course, as our first ever guest, you are a forever friend of the pod. So you are welcome back any, any, any time, <laughs> uh, especially, you know, if you're away at a Devonsville and, uh, there's some stuff going on we want to hear it. We want the dispatch. <laughs> yeah, bro. If you need to hit somebody up to talk to, if you're going through a rough period, I'm here. I'm always that here. Too. Me too. I think we all are. I think we all are for everyone. That's the point of us putting ourselves out there. And like, I appreciate you guys doing this. Like you guys taking your time, your effort. It's not easy to do these things. It's not easy to talk about this. Like it takes some build up, some planning, mm-hmm. you know, put the notes down. You got to connect with people. Like I know for me, my schedule is not always easy to manage. So like you guys took the time and effort to, for us all to sync our schedules and thank you for that. And thank you for, anyone listening to this because this is for you um and it's for us it is. we we need we need this right oh, yep. god and yes gosh do i feel good right now I, so thank I you excited about this ever since you said yes <laughs> it's just like ah oh, we're finally doing it i said yes to the dress absolutely yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are the dress yes outstanding sir outstanding thank you guys for having me i had a wonderful time excellent thank you so much colin thanks eh? take care and thank you mr grizzly and thank you again colin for our show and thank you uh to our listeners we hope you enjoyed this this was our first ever interview uh we hope that uh, we asked some of the questions that may be a little standard and then a couple of ones that you may not have been expecting so that you could have an interesting experience and hopefully it was for colin also that he didn't get typical questions he always gets <laughs> we were getting the okay sign so it's down and the thumbs up so it sounds good so with that listeners take care of yourselves Remember to be kind to and gentle with yourselves. And until next time, this is the Eager Beaver. Hello, kids. We wanted to make a clarification and a correction. In my presentation, I stated that uh, Colin Hodgson was the lead for Team McEwen back in the 2016-2017 season. While it is true that Team McEwen was the number two ranked team at that time, Colin Hodgson was the lead for Team Carruthers. Mike McEwen joined the team in 2018. The True North Eager Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Copy written by The Eager Beaver. Recording, production, and editing by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors The Peppermaster, The Miss B Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, and CanadianTarot.com. And thank you to the amazing and wonderful Colin Hodgson for agreeing to be our first guest and now forever friend of the pod. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. 
Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.